amazing to be home. I know I haven't been here for a while, but this is still home for me. Okay? This is still our mom and dad over here. So just, just, just get that, okay? It's not just your mom and dad. It's ours too, okay? So even if we're not here all the time, Faith Outreach is always near and dear to our heart. That's where we learned about faith was here. We learn how to trust God and we learn how to put our faith to action. Believing God for everything in our life. These two right here has taught us how to stretch our faith like never before. So the name of this, of this church is Faith Outreach. So every one of you all, if you only have the faith of a mustard seed, you can't even see it, right? It's so small, you can't even see it. That anything is possible. Anything. So there should be no one sitting here feeling sad, feeling lonely, no sickness in your body. We're going to deal with all of that tonight. We're going to put our faith together and we're going to work on all of this. So whatever you stand in need of, get ready. And when you get ready, get ready. Yes. Belong. Father, you deserve all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. We acknowledge no other deity. We call upon no other name. We declare that there's no other name given on earth under heaven whereby men must be saved. Save the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every sh tongue shall confess that Jesus the Christ is Lord. We declare that Jesus is Lord over Faith Outreach Church. We declare that Jesus is Lord over every family represented and Father, that means that you are the Lord of our lives. We are dying to self. You're sitting on the throne. We're yielded unto you. We do what you tell us to do. We go where you lead us to go. We say what you tell us to say. Our lives are all about you. Our lives are in your hands. What, everything we are, everything we're not, it all belongs to you. And you deserve it. You deserve all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And if you agree with that, say amen. amen and amen. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Give God some praise all over the sanctuary. He deserves it. He's worthy of it. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is worthy to be praised. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and we are safe we call upon him we extol him we magnify his name hallelujah all of the glory all the honor and all the praise all over the room give God some praise hallelujah 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 Jesus is Lord over Faith Outreach Church, but the peoples are the leaders. So we honor the Lord for his lordship, but their leadership. Put God, put your hands together. Give God some praise for Bishop Richard B. Peoples, Dr. Janice Elaine Peoples. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I'm going to get started here in a minute, but listen, listen. I want you to think, oh man, if I do this, Whew, I'll be praising for a while, but I want you to, to just think about this for a minute. Think about your life when you first met them. 
<laughs> I know I was jacked up. I don't know about y'all, but think about your life when you first met them and think about it now. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. God deserves it, but you deserve it too. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Welcome to Faith Conference 2022. Listen, everything that we do as a believer, we're supposed to do it by faith. So we're going to learn some things about faith tonight. Bernard Cook, right? And we're going to learn some things about faith. And so, so I've learned this, uh, my brother. You will never maximize. Come on now. You will never maximize what you do not understand. And so uh, tonight, I believe we're going to get a level of understanding as it relates to, to faith and grace. I don't claim to know a lot. I just know a couple of things that maybe the Lord has given me through the Holy Spirit, a level of insight and wisdom and revelation, knowledge and understanding, and whatever he's given unto me, I freely give unto you. And I pray that the eyes of your understanding, what Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17, that your eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, flooded with light, so that you would know what is the hope of his calling for your life and the exceeding great riches that we have as believers in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, towards usward who believe. Say amen to that. Amen, amen, amen. So we're believers, not doubters. We walk by faith and not by fear. And so we're going to stand on the word tonight. Tonight is going to be a little bit different for me, Elder Peoples. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, uh, not that I really minister sermons because I don't. I just kind of flow in the spirit. But, but tonight is almost like I just want to tell a story. I just want to kind of go on a journey. This is home for me. I don't know about y'all. This, uh, this is my family, all right? For those of you that don't know me, uh, I was here before you. Just, just, I just want to say it. And so if you don't know me, I was here before you. And so, so, so this is home for me. Uh, uh, so, so what I'm going to do is just tell a little bit of a story tonight. We're going to go on a journey tonight, go on a journey tomorrow morning uh, as it relates to, to God's grace and our faith and, and just share some things. Uh, let me just say this uh, as I get started. I alluded to it earlier, and I'm going to say it again now. Uh, uh, so when I first met uh, at, the time, uh, past, at the time, Pastor Peoples, uh, and he was uh, in uniform still and uh, still on active duty, and so I was a staff sergeant, United States Army. Uh, we met. Uh, I was uh, in 67 Signal Battalion, getting ready to go to Warren Officer School. I went over to a prayer breakfast. I had worked all night long, Sandra. Uh, uh, you know, I did some, you know, you remember them 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. kind of shifts. And then I got off, and then uh, I was pulling shift. And they said, "Hey, there's a prayer breakfast over here at the chapel." And I went over there, and it was a men's prayer breakfast. Y'all remember those men's prayer breakfasts we used to do? And, and yes, it was a men's prayer breakfast. So that's where I met. Uh, faith Outreach Church, and so uh, at the time we were over at the school, uh, but for those of you that don't know, Isabella read a bunch of things or whatever, whatever God has used me to do, but back then that wasn't me, just to be clear. Uh, so, so back then that wasn't me, so no, no, so I, I, was, I was a headache for Pastor Peoples, I don't, and so, so I, I, I argued a lot, I had all kind of issues, I mean, we talked, that, hold on for a minute, he would say stuff, turn here, turn here, I'm like, no, hold on, that's not what that means, and I'm like, oh, hey, 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 dad, can I talk to you for a minute, he, he, it'd be Bible study, be over, be like, can I talk to you for a minute, he's like, no, not again, like, I mean, like, why, why is this dude, and I was like, man, and so, so I thought, LaShawn, I thought he was going to give up on me. But he didn't. He didn't give up on me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many of you know that anybody that, that, that attains any measure of success in this world, they didn't get there by themselves? 
And, and you got to have some people in your life that can see things in you when you can't even see it in yourself. I remember we, 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 walked, on, we walked on this land before we bought it, and, and we prayed over it. And, and when we finally got into the other building, when we finally got in there, I remember we had uh, all-night prayer. <laughs> Y'all remember all-night prayer? I mean, like, like, I know we have, where I'm at right now, we have all-night prayer, but it's not really all-night. Like, you know, it's like all-night prayer, but then you go home like midnight. You go home at 1 a.m. No, 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 no. Pastor Peoples was all-night prayer was like all-night prayer. You know what I'm saying? It was like, it's like 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift kind of thing, right? And so you know how it is, really, like, like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, like, you know, the, the Bible calls it the fourth watch of the night, you know? And so, like, like, everybody gets tired, you know? And so he'd be like, hey, hey, come over here. Hey, son, come here. Hey. You know, he put the monkey grips on you, you know what I'm saying? Bam, 3 o'clock in the morning. But, but he prophesied some things over me. Uh, that uh, many of those things have already come to pass. The things that have not uh, yet to come to pass, I know that they will. And so uh, I honor this man of God. I honor this woman of God. Um, I remember uh, I met uh, 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 Misha. I was here for TechNet. And, uh, and so Misha walks up to me. She's like, hey, uncle. And, uh, and the people that work with Misha, uh, you know, I know them. And so they was like, well, how do you know her? I was like, I know. You see how tall she is? I knew her since she was like that. You know what I mean? Like, and she's tall now, right? So, and so, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so I'm connected to this family. This, con- this family is connected to me. And, um, and so I definitely thank God for faith outreach and all of the things that have helped me to become the man that I am today. And, and, and I'm going to connect it to the faith conference because we're all talking about faith. So if we want to just go on this journey, we're going to talk about uh, living by faith. And, and so... Uh, if you really want to kind of go on that journey with me, my assignment tonight is to teach a, a message entitled Living Free from the Pressure to Perform. Um, as a believer, we got to get to the point where we are living free from the pressure to perform. Or in other words, we got to be delivered, Sister Gary, from performance-based religion. Because if you're not careful, uh, um, um, even the things that we were taught that some of those really drove us to performance-based religion. And so, so, so for those of you that don't know, for those of you that have been around for a little while, uh, so it was around 1997 uh, that the Lord connected Bishop Peoples uh, to Pastor Dollar. And when the connection was made, uh, and then, you know, we kind of saw our bloodline, and at the time, Or Roberts was still alive, and so, so it was like Richard and Janice Peoples, Creflo and Taffy Dollar, and uh, um, Oral and Evelyn Roberts, right? And so, oh, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland and Oral and Evelyn Roberts. And so we saw this, this bloodline, and we were learning things, word of faith, and we were learning everything about faith. And so from a faith perspective, we learned that, uh, you remember this, Bernard, right? We learned that just like a, a house is wired for electricity, we're wired for faith. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so everything that we do as a believer, we do it by faith. Look at somebody say, by faith. And so, 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 yeah, even, even by faith, we understand, right? That's, that's Romans, uh, 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 Hebrews 12 and 3. So, but, but, but we started like, okay, everything that we do as a believer, we do it by faith. So first thing is we're saved by faith. That's Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Now we're saved by grace, but we access that grace by faith. So you can say that we're kind of saved by faith. Say, I'm saved by faith. Saved by faith. So, so once I'm saved by faith, then I walk by faith. Say, walk by faith. Walk by 
The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, so I walk by faith and not by sight. So I'm saved by faith. I walk by faith. Matter of fact, four places in the Bible, right? The Bible says in Romans 1 and 17, in uh, Galatians 3 and 11, in Hebrews 10 and 38, Habakkuk 2 and 4, that the just shall live by faith. Matter of fact, Habakkuk 2 and 4 makes it more specific that the just shall live by his faith. So you can't live by your mama's faith, your daddy's faith, your uncle's faith, grandma's faith. You got to live by your own faith, right? So I'm saved by faith. Walk by faith. Live by faith. James 5 and 15 says that I pray by faith because it's the prayer of faith that shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. So I'm saved by faith. Walk by faith. Live by faith. Pray by faith. Watch this. I fight by faith. 1 Timothy 6 and 12. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith, you know, and then finally I overcome the world by faith. That's 1 John 5 and 4. This is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith. So, so here at Faith Outreach, I don't know about y'all, but here at Faith Outreach, we were taught about faith. Say faith. faith. Oh man, we were taught how to walk and live by faith. I was taught the essentials of the faith. We were all taught the essentials of the faith. The peoples made sure that we understood how to live by faith. Say amen to that. Amen. But if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you can get mechanical with it. If you're not careful, if you're not careful, I don't know about you, I don't know about you, but I was taught, hey, when you get up in the morning, pray for an hour. Jesus said, you couldn't even pray for me, with me for one hour? So get up and pray for an hour. Then, 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 you know, then it was like, hey, pray in the Holy Ghost for an hour. So then you get up and be like, all right, let me try this, praying the Holy Ghost for an hour. And then you're like, oh, man, I'm praying, I'm praying, right? And then you're like, yeah! And you look, and I'm like, 12 minutes. Oh, snap! Man, I got a long way to go. Like, 48 more minutes. Who Jesus! Right? So then, then, it was like, then it was like, do your confessions. You know what I'm saying? So, so you know, you got to do your confessions. So I had my confessions. I had them on the mirror, had them on the refrigerator, and then had them on the coffee table, had them in my office. And then we got to do those, have them in the car, you know. And then we, then we put them on CD. Oh, then the, the, it was easier then. Then uh, like, we could do our confessions, you know. Let's do our confessions. Because, hey, when's the last time you did your confessions? And none of this is wrong. Anything, all the stuff I'm talking about, none of it is wrong. But, but, if, but it's, it's a heart issue. If you're doing it to be right, now we got a problem. If you're doing it to perform, now we got to, that's why we got to be delivered from performance-based religion. So, so if I'm doing my scriptures, if I'm praying in tongues, if I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, if I'm standing in faith, if I'm decreeing and I'm declaring, if I'm believing, if I'm receiving, if I'm fasting until I'm starving, but I'm doing it to be mechanical, I'm doing it so God can bless me. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm doing it. Watch this. I don't know about y'all. I'm just going to talk about me. I would do it and say, okay, since I release my faith, since I have seed in the ground, since I did my confessions, since I believed and received, since I, therefore, God has to bless me. Come on, don't act like I'm the only one. Somebody say, he ain't the only one. He ain't the only one. He ain't the only one. Ain't. And so, so you got to be delivered, Joe, from performance-based religion. And, and so, 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 so this was all faith. It was learning faith, faith, faith. Now, I left here in 2008 uh, as far as being stationed. I've been back since then. But I, but I left here in 2008. Uh, uh, and one thing that Isabella said, though, we've always been connected. 
And so, so, so uh, uh, Richard B. People's Ministries hears from us every month and always has been, always will be. At least we're, we're connected, and, and that's for life. Say amen to that. Amen. All right, all right. But so, so it was in 2009 what happened was I was pastoring in, uh, on Victory Base in Iraq. And um, so I leave here, I go to Iraq, and I'm, I'm pastoring. We prayed against me going. See, here's another lesson, right? So, so, so we prayed against. The devil is a liar. Those orders that Jesus is the Messiah, not going to happen. You ain't going nowhere, son. I mean, we prayed, we fasted, we decreed, we declared. And then James, uh, James says, you know what? You, you, you pray and you, you ask, but you get not because you ask amiss. You're just praying for what you want in your heart. And God never signed up to give you what you came up with. Did I say that? Oh, yeah, I said that. And so I got to learn how to pray what he came up with from the foundations of the world. So anyway, I still wound up going to Iraq. So I'm in Iraq. I'm pastoring in Iraq. It was amazing. I knew it was, it was the will of God. We had this Saturday night service called Saturday Night Live because the Ugandan guards, they couldn't come on Sunday so they wanted, so we set up a service for them on Saturday night, and we had about 250 on Saturday night, and they love praise and worship, right? And, and, and like, I mean, they'd be in praise and worship, and, and if somebody was sitting down doing praise and worship, and they'd be like, say hallelujah. You cannot say hallelujah, sit in. They'd be like, mambo sawa sawa, get up. Like, it's already better. And they'd be like, so I was like, oh, snap. So we had, we had amazing service Saturday night. We had amazing service Sunday morning. And then I had all kind of stuff going through throughout the week. And I remember I had this Bible study on Monday nights called Living by Faith. And I knew it was good. I was like, man, this is some good teaching. And so Living by Faith. And so I was, I was running the Joint Network Control Center for Iraq. And one of the guys uh, at the JNCC, I said, hey, man, uh, why don't you come out to Bible study? I, you know, you're a believer. You're a Christian. Yeah, man. Come out to Bible study. And uh, he was a Caucasian brother. He was like, okay, I'll, I'll check you out. And so he came out, the Bible said, Bible study, good crowd. I'm teaching, living by faith, victory base. I know I'm teaching, right? And I'm talking about standing on the word. I'm believing and receiving. You got to do this. You got to decree. You got to declare. You got to get the word down in your heart. You got to meditate and meditate on that word day and night. You got to decree the word over your, over your family, your finances, your children, your career, all of this stuff, right? And then, uh, uh, then he walked away. When we were done, he just left. He didn't say nothing. So the next day, so somebody said the next day. So the next day I say, hey, hey, I saw him at work. I was like, hey, man, how you doing? Hey, you, I, how was Bible study last night? And he said, uh, can I be honest with you? <laughs> and when somebody says that, you know you got to get ready, right? Because <laughs> somebody said, hey, can I be honest with you? Like, oh, snap, let me get ready. <sighs> like, yeah, yeah. All right, what happened? Uh, he said, well, <laughs> he said, well, um, I, I, I don't know how to explain it other than to say this. Last night, I heard a lot of you, but not a lot of God. I heard a lot about what you have to do, but not a lot about what God has already done. Wow. Say that was 2009. Now, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Now, the problem is it hit me. I knew he was right. I knew I was wrong, but I didn't know why I was wrong, right? So, so he, I knew there was something there, but I didn't have the revelation of it. So fast forward, and can I just talk to you all tonight? Can we do that? All right, so I fast forward. September 2012, Kenneth Copeland prophesied 
a, a prophecy about great grace, September 2012. And when he did, uh, soon after that, Dr. Dollar started teaching heavy on grace. And, and, and Dr. Dollar started teaching on grace. He started spending time with Joseph Prince. He started spending time. So he's like teaching, and, and now I'm, I'm like studying grace and getting a better understanding of God's grace. And I understand from Romans 11 and 6 that grace is a gift. Say a gift. A gift. And, and so, so Paul says in Romans 11 and 6 that you can't work for a gift because if you work for a gift, then the gift is no longer a gift. Then the gift becomes payment. So if I give you something, oh, how much you want for this? No, it's a gift. But you turn around and try to give me money, you're trying to convert the gift to something else. And so grace, say grace, grace. is a gift. So the Apostle Paul says, well, grace, you can't work for grace because if you work for grace, then grace would no longer be a gift. It would be something else. So you can't work. So, so the stuff that I was doing, so, so this is the revelation. I had to learn that I can't work for grace. What I'm supposed to do is work by grace. And there's a revelation of a difference. And so instead of working for grace, what I'm supposed to do is learn how to work by grace. Ephesians 2 and 10, remember, like we all read Ephesians 2 and 8. So it's by grace that you are saved through faith. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, right? So you didn't do anything. It's all about God, not about us. Verse 10 says, in Christ Jesus, God made us a new creation so that we could spend the remainder of our days doing the, I have work to do, but, but I am not working for it. I'm working by it. I'm not working but to be saved. I'm working because I'm saved. I'm not working so God can bless me. I'm working because God already blessed me from the foundations of the world. I have, to, I have to learn. It's a different thing. So it's not that I've released my faith, therefore God has to give it to me. No, I'm not even authorized to release my faith until I find out what he already gave me from the foundations of the world. Brother Pena, where you get that from? Rome, uh, well, John 5 and 19, John 5 and 30, Jesus said himself, he says, the, the, the son can do nothing without the father. I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see. He's saying God's revelation, the revelation of the father, when I see it, then I can do it. His revelation is my invitation for participation. And so, 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 so uh, when, when he reveals to me what he's already doing, it's not that I do something and say, hey, God, here's what I'm doing. Can you bless it? Hey, God, this is what I'm doing. Can you please breathe on it? No, I just do what he's already done. And when I'm doing what he already did, I don't have to ask him to bless it because it's already blessed. I don't have to ask him. Well, so, so, so faith is not, is not, faith is not me trying to get God to put a yes on my plans. Faith is not about me trying to get God to put a stamp of approval on my plans. Faith is about God trying to get me to put a yes on his plans. Faith, faith is about God trying to get me to put a stamp of approval. Faith is not, I was talking about Abraham. He was like, man, this dude was fully persuaded. In Romans chapter 4, verses 17 through 21, he was like, he was so persuaded that he considered not his body now dead, even though it wasn't working from the waist down and there was no little blue pills back then, right? And so, so he said he considered not his body now dead, even though he was about 100 years old. Neither did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. She couldn't have no babies when she was 17. And she was 
mighty is. He considered not. He staggered not at the promise to unbelief. He was strong in faith, gave glory to God. Why? Because he was fully persuaded that what God said had to come to pass. Not what he said. He was like, he was like, no, no, no. I was minding my own business when you called me out of earth. I don't know about you. I, I told God many times, hey, I was minding. My, uh, Bishop Peoples came to the Pentagon when I, when I was the CTO of the Army, and I would have to go down, talk to the Secretary of the Army, Undersecretary, Chief Staff of the Army, Vice Chief, and before I walked down the hall, many times I said, God, uh, uh, let me tell you something. I was minding my own business when you sent me up here. You know what I'm saying? And everybody up in here knows I'm a man of God. So if I walk in this office and I look stupid, you're going to look stupid. So all I'm saying... Don't let me look stupid. That's all I'm saying. Because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here because I want to be here like you. I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm, and so, so I would walk in the room, not know what to say, and then he would give me some stuff that when I said it, I would have to write it down. I'm like, man, that was good. You know, you want to sow a seed in your own self. Lord have mercy. You got to high five yourself. That was good. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, Bishop, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he said, I do not begin to know anything about preaching except on those occasions in which I am both the orator, but it's like I'm the spectator. He says, I'm standing up, but it's like I'm sitting down. He says, I'm transmitting, but it's like I'm receiving. He says, there's this consciousness that is outside of me. It is then and only then that I realize that I'm an instrument and a vehicle and a channel of all of this. He says, he says, I'm standing up. The reason why I'm getting excited is because I never heard this stuff before. He says, I'm, I'm saying stuff I never heard. So I got to get happy off my own cooking. Right? So faith is not about me trying to come up with stuff and say, hey, God, my name is Jimmy. Give me, give me, give me. No, 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 no. Faith is about me discovering what God already gave me from the foundations of the world. Me dying to that, submitting to that, yielding to that, putting his will above my will, putting his desires above my desire. I don't know about you, but I only want what God wants for me. Say amen to that. I only want what God, if God doesn't want me to have it, I don't want it. But watch this. I don't want anything less than God's best. I don't know about you, but I want it all. I want everything God, everything God planned for me from the foundations of the world. I want it. Say amen to that. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So you got to be careful not to put too much of you in the way, because if there's too much of you in the way, you'll never believe God on the level that he wants you to believe. Let me say it this way. Going back to the performance space. Here's the danger that... When we, were, when we were, you know, taught what we were taught and when we had the understanding that we had, a lot of it had to do with us and our understanding. And the danger with that is that if your expectation from God is based on your perceived level of performance towards God, you will never be able to believe on the level that God wants you to believe because his plans for you exceed your performance. All right, let me say that again. Let me say that again. If your level of expectation from God is based on your perceived, and I'm saying perceived because you ain't that good. Look at somebody say, you ain't that good. Don't try to act like you all that. 
Like, like you, you just ain't. You just ain't. And so you got to get over yourself. You ain't that good. And so, so, but if you're perceived, watch this, if your expectation from God is based on your perceived level of performance towards God, then you will never be able to receive on the level that God wants you to receive because his blessing on your life will exceed your performance. And so God wants to bless you. Watch this. Get over it. God wants to bless you. Say this. Say, God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good. That's it. That's it. That's it. You don't need to learn nothing else. God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good. At least he, because God is a good God and he made plans for me from the foundations of the world and his plans are better than my plans. And all I got to do is yield to God, submit to his plans. And when I do that, I then get to live a life that far exceeds my wildest imaginations. Ephesians 3 and 20 becomes my reality because now my life is in God's hands. And all I want is he, what he wants. But watch this. When I'm dying, to self, I even have to die to self to the point, Elder Ray, where I die to my limits. So dying to self includes dying to my limits. Dying to self, listen, my uh, uh, Apostle Tony Brazelton said this and it changed my life. He said, your life will change forever the day you believe what God believes about you. Your life will change forever the day you simply believe what God believes about you. All you have to do is get to the point where I believe what God believes about me. Where I can look in the mirror and say, you know what, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. You know why? Because I believe what God believes about me. And so, so prior to that, I was doing a bunch of stuff. Prior to that, I was, I was going through the mechanics of faith and trying to exercise faith and release my faith and launch my faith and activate my faith. Come on now, I'm not the only one. But now I'm learning that where there is no grace, there can be no faith. And so we used to say all the time, faith begins where the will of God is known. But we didn't understand what that means. Well, now, now let me try to give you a little bit of understanding of that. So here's the deal. You were born, watch this, how many of you believe, and there's lots of scriptures on this, and I, I'm not, tonight I don't have to like turn here, turn here, believe me, I'm giving you word, uh, but, but there's a, a, a lot of scripture to support the fact that God made plans for you from the foundations of the world. Do you believe that? All right, I'll just give you one. Second Timothy uh, uh, 1 and 9, the Bible says God saved us and called us with a holy calling, so it's a holy calling so that your life could be about something that's bigger than just you. God saved us and called us with a holy calling. Watch this. Not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace. He gave me purpose and the grace for the purpose, assignment and the grace for the assignment. He gave me both in Christ Jesus. He gave me both in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Oh, I'm in the book. And so, so, so God made plans for me from the foundations of the world. Say, I'm not a mistake. I'm not a mistake. And so, so, so here's the problem, though. When we are born, we are born ignorant of those plans. And, and the word ignorant means that I just don't know. So, so you're, you're born and you don't know what the plans are. And because you don't know what the plans are, there's some people in this room, this is where right now I need you to look forward. Don't look left or right. There's some people in this room that really are like planners. They love to plan, organize. You want everything right. You got to have your one-year plan, three-year plan, five-year plan, 10-year plan, long-term goals, short-term goals. You got to break it all down. You know what I'm saying? You got your vision board and you got your goals and the goals became a plan and you got points and sub points. Come on. Watch it now. You know what I'm saying? But... 
the, that stuff that didn't come from me. So operation sets in when you make a demand on God for something that's not yours. Because now you're making a demand on something, that's something that belongs to someone else. And so there's a grace that's on their life. You can only run your race with your grace at your pace. And you can't be worrying about other people. And when you know who you are and you know what you're called to do, here's the biggest thing that, that can happen when you know who you are and you know what you're called to do. It frees you to genuinely celebrate the diversities of giftings and callings without jealousy. Because when you don't know who you are and you don't know what you're called to do, then when somebody else knows who they are, watch this. There's some people, uh, uh, I pray that there's nobody in this room. I run into people sometimes, so uh, uh, Elder Cook, Pastor Cook, I do run into people that my confidence irritates their insecurities. That don't have nothing to do with me. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, I know who I am. I'm Rick Pina, and I'm real good at being Rick Pina. Now, if you don't know who you are, don't get mad at me. You know what I'm saying? That's a problem between you and your creator. Don't allow my confidence to irritate your insecurities. But when I know who I am, I can celebrate the diversities of giftings and callings without jealousy. Watch this. I know that me celebrating you doesn't devalue me in any way. Why? Because I know who I am. Say amen to that. So, so watch this. I'm born ignorant of those plans. And then what happens is I get born again. Now, I was born ignorant of the plans, but then I get born again. And once I get born again, I then have to learn to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. And as you begin to learn to discern, Joe, the voice of the Holy Spirit, what happens is the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you what was prepared for you, but concealed from you. So the Holy Ghost starts to reveal to you what was prepared for you, but concealed from you. And so as he begins to reveal it, you're getting glimpses and you start to see yourself doing something you've never done before. You get to see, you, you start to see it is the will of God on display. And so you go into your prayer closet and it's almost like you're seeing an alternate reality. And then you come out of your prayer closet and you got to deal with these people. Not, 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 not faith outreach, but you know, you know what I mean. But, so let me give you some Bible, because you know, some people are going to be like, well, is he, is he in the book? Oh, I'm in the book. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 15 from the Amplified. If you have that, you could throw it up. As a matter of fact, uh, Elder Ray, let me get you. I'll use you as an example. Uh, can you come up here, sir? All right. Stand right here, if you don't mind. All right. Ecclesiastes 3 and 15. Look at that wall over there. All right. Ecclesiastes 3 and 15 from the Amplified. Now, let, now watch this. Uh, I'm going to use this as an example. Let's say that that wall over there was when Elder Ray was born. Say he was born. And that wall over there is symbolic or representative of when he's going to die. Say he, when he'll die. Good, good news for you. There's more on this side than that side, right? So I'm glad we set it up like that. So, so the Bible says, Ecclesiastes 3 and 15, Amplified, that which is, oh, it's up there, okay. That which is, look around, look around. See chairs, you see screens, you see lights, you see all of that. That which is, watch this, has already been. Okay, so now that's enough for people to process. And while you're trying to process that, if you keep reading, it really messes you up. Because then it says, uh oh, watch this, Elder Ray, that which will be, has already been. 
And the text says, God seeks that which has passed by. He saw your life play out before him. And so when God looks at you now, he's looking for what passed by so that history can repeat itself. History or his story can repeat itself in your life when God said to Adam, Adam, where are you? It's not like he didn't know where he was. He was like, wait, 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 that's not part of the story. So when God looks at you, he's looking for what he planned. So faith, if that's true, and it is, then faith can't be me coming up with something and asking God to give it to me. But he got to give it to me. Here's why he got, because I said in Jesus' name. Wait, 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 but, 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 in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every thought be established. I got three scriptures. He got, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. God don't got to do nothing. God is God. If you could tell God what to do, you would be God's God. That would be like the tail wagging the dog. All right, throw, uh, throw verse 11 up there, Ecclesiastes 3 and 11. So now that you, you understand this, now let's look at verse 11. Now, I'm not going to go to verse 1, but in verse 1, the Bible says from the easy-to-read version, everything will happen in your life at just the right time. Everything that's already mapped out is going to happen at just the right time. Now, what, what verse 11 says, throw verse 11 up there. Verse 11 says, watch this, Elder Ray. So God, what God does is God has already seen everything from your life, right? And what God does is God takes something. Now, say God is in eternity. Say, I'm in time. Okay, let me, let me explain it this way because we got military people in the room. And so, so you know that God is everywhere at the same time. Y'all know that, right? I mean, uh, that's not hard to understand. Uh, uh, God was with me earlier in the Marriott. And then while God was with me in the, at the Marriott getting ready to come to Faith Outreach, God was also at Faith Outreach, right? And so, so when, when I got in the car and I left the Marriott, God was with me in the car. But he was still at the Marriott. And he was also a faith outreach. So God doesn't have to go anywhere to be everywhere. And so, so, so I can't give you a grid coordinate where God is because there is no grid coordinate where God is not. Y'all got it? So just like you know that God is everywhere at the same time, God is in every time at the same time. Mind blown. Now, God is in every time at the same. So God is outside of time because he's in eternity, and, but, but we're the ones that's in time. And because God is in every time at the same time, when God, what God does is that he wants to encourage you right now in 2022, so he will grab something from 2025. Because he wants to encourage you during Faith Conference 2022. He will grab something from 2025. And God gives you dreams while you're sleeping. God gives you open visions while you're awake. God speaks through you through the Holy Ghost while you're driving. And if you're not paying attention, God will send somebody to speak to you prophetically. But the text says, the text says, I'm still in the book. God takes something from over here, from 2025. And the text says that he then implants eternity in men's hearts in men's minds, and when he does, the text says it becomes a divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. In other words, God grabs something from 2025, gives it to you in 2022. The problem with God is that he doesn't tell you that it's going to happen in 2025. He wants you to live every day like it's going to happen. Be, 
because God is in eternity. But you say, but God, when he said it, it sounded like now. Duh, God is in eternity. So for him, he's in every time at the same time. So for him, it's always now. He speaks from what I call the position of the eternal now. For him, it's always now. For you, it might be five hours, five days, five weeks, five months, or five years. But for God, it's always now. And so he wants you to live now like it's going to happen now with an expectation that everything God said has to come to pass before I die. Why? Because God is not, God can't lie. God is not a man. He is incapable of lying. So watch this, Elder Ray. When God took the curtain over here from 2025 and he peeled the curtain back and he showed me something. Uh, 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 let, me, let me use this iPad for, for a second. Watch this. So if God, if God reveals something, if, oh yeah, I'll just do it this way. If God, if we're over here in 2025 and this iPad is concealed, right? And, and so what God does is he peels back the curtain and he reveals what was concealed. Watch this. He cannot reveal something that's not there. That went over somebody's head, but somebody got it. If God revealed it to you, it's because it's there. And he's not a man. He can't lie. If he said it, he will perform it. If he declared it, he'll make it good. It's only a matter of time before I see in my hands what I've seen in my heart. Say amen to that. So it's not about me earning it, deserving it, working for it. It's me believing for it. I'm submitting to it. I'm aligning with it. Powerful things happen when I make a human alignment with my divine assignment. Say amen to that. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Are you getting a, a better understanding of what faith is? So faith, faith, so what is faith? Faith, faith is this. Faith allows me. Faith is, is the enablement of the Holy Ghost. Faith is me. Watch this. Let me, let me say that down here is symbolic or representative of the earth, and up here is symbolic or representative of heaven. So what, what, what faith is, faith is, is my ability down here on earth to peer into heaven. And so God allows me to see the invisible, to believe the impossible. And so now I'm able to see into heaven from the earth and come back from that moment and live in the present based on that reality. And 2 Corinthians 1.18 says, that reality is so real to me that I'm not moved by what I see. The unseen is more real to me than the seen. And so, so it seems like I'm out of sync with some people down here because I'm in sync with those people up there. So faith allows me to peer into eternity from time and then come back into time and walk out what I saw. And I'm, I'm making decisions now in the present based on the revelation I received from, from the future. And so it is future to me, but it's past to him. For him is already done. For me, it's only a matter of time. So faith then is something I say. Faith is something I do. Faith is a seed that I sow based on what God revealed to me about my future. It's future to me. It's past to him. For him is already done. For me, it's only a matter of time. Say amen to that. I'm, I'm just trying to teach you how faith works. And, and, and so, so faith is knowing that it's already done. The highest form of faith is rest. 
The highest form of faith is rest. When you know that it's already done, you know that it is impossible for God to lie, that he is incapable of lying. Then, then the, the, the writer of Hebrews said, man, you got to labor to enter into God's rest. It's, it's almost like this. He, for your faith to work, you got to be at rest. If, if you're doing this as a kind if you're like, but what if, what if, it, I don't know, but God, are you really going to, ooh, but God, see, now you're not in faith because you ain't resting. You don't believe it's already done because if, if you really believe it's already done. Now, now Isabella, not, not anymore. Say not anymore. Thank you, Jesus. But, but I remember years ago, years ago, we would believe God for something and we receive it. We believe it. We receive it and all that. When it finally happens. Like, I've already rejoiced so many times over it, Mom, that when it finally happens, I'm like, oh, it's almost like a relief. Thank God I'll move on to the next thing. Isabella would say, you don't act like you're happy. And I would say, what? I, I've been rejoicing for four years. You want to wait till it happens to rejoice. Anybody can give God post-performance praise. Now, now, get off my wife. Now, get off my wife. I said that was a long time ago. I said that was a long time ago. All right, all right that was then. That was then. So, so, but all I'm saying is that no. So now you got to live with this reality that is already done, and you got to enter into God's rest. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 that, that you got to labor to enter into God's rest. You got to work on not working. You got to work on not thinking about it. You got to work on not worrying about it. You got to work on, you got to work on not working. Because if not, if you keep thinking about it, you know what you're going to do? You're going to come up with something. Holla at me, Abraham. It's been 13 years. It's been 13 years. Come on, baby. Hey, what's up? Hey, it's been, thir- it's been a long time now. And we still don't have that baby. I got a servant over here. And the Bible says she was Egyptian. So she probably has some good here. Whoa, Jesus. He said, I got a servant over here. Hey, baby, it's been 13 years, long time. Say what you think? It's like, sound good to me. He was a man. He was a man. He was a man. You know what I'm saying? I got kids in the room. I'm going to leave it at that. So, so he did what he did. But why? Because they didn't enter into God's rest. You have to enter into God's rest concerning it. If it's faith, it's already done. Say amen to that. All right. All right. So when God reveals something to you, it's already done. And now what you have to do to live by faith is make decisions in the present based on what he revealed to you about your future. When God reveals it, here's three things that you got to know when God reveals it. God is saying, hey, you have the grace for it. Say, I have the grace for it. So when God reveals something to you, Bishop, and and, and there's not something you were expecting, or or let's say expansion in Africa, or you wasn't expecting this or expecting that, if God reveals it, then God is saying you have the grace for it because his instruction will always be equal to his injection. Meaning that God will never instruct you to do something he hasn't already injected you with. Why would God tell you to do something you don't have the grace for? That's crazy. So the fact that God is saying it means I have the grace for it. Say, I have the grace for it. Okay, number two, you got to say, well, God already gave me this. And so so God already gave it to me. So my job is to believe. And watch this. Not only did he give me the thing, and, and somebody mentioned it earlier, he also dealt to me the measure of faith that I need to believe it. That's Romans 12 and 3. So, so I have to believe it's already done. And then, and then number three, and then I'll move on. Though the vision may tarry, speak to me, Habakkuk, wait for it, for it shall surely come to pass. All right, all right. So you cannot believe God based on your performance because your performance will never measure up to the size of the blessing. 
So, so say this. Say, I am being released tonight from the pressure to perform. In Matthew chapter 10, uh, up until Matthew chapter 10, Sister Collier, up until that point, Jesus was the one performing miracles. Up until that point, Jesus was the one laying hands on the sick, watching them recover. Jesus was, was doing all the miracles up until that point. But, but in Matthew chapter 10, he got a group of people together, and what he did was he sent them out, right, other people? So when he sent them out, this is what he said. He said, you're going to go lay hands on the sick. You're going to go lay hands on lepers. You're going to go cast out demons. You're going to raise the dead. But when you go, you can't take any money with you. Why? Because money is the least of all riches. So he's saying, if you can't believe God for money, you're going to run from demons. Right? So the first thing is, you can't take any money with you. You're going to have to believe me for that. The second thing he says, now when you go, you're going to be arrested, and some of you are going to be brought before people. But when you're brought before people at that time, Elder Ray, he says, you don't have to know what to say. Say no pressure. Say no pressure. Listen, if God sent me, the money got to come. If God sent me, the words got to come. No pressure. He said, when you stand before people, you're gonna, you, you don't even know. Have to, oh, God, I don't know what to say. Good, don't worry about it. At that moment, you will be given what to say. He said, just like he said in John 14 to 10, it's the Father who lives in me. He gives me the words and he performs the work. So the Father's living in me. He will give you, the, say no pressure. He said, you, can, you can't take on any pressure to perform. You know that the Father is on you. Say this, say God is on me, in me, with me, and for me. So when you know that God is on you, in you, with you, and for you, now you're just walking with God, you're giving yourself over to God, and you yield unto Him. So the Father wants you to rely on Him, and grace takes the pressure off of you. God never expected you to embrace the pressure to perform, because you were not designed to. Okay? Pastor Peoples has probably shared with you uh, maybe even some statistics about how many pastors commit suicide. How many pastors walk away from churches? You know why? Because they're trying to do a godly thing in their human strength. Say this. Say, I was not designed to do God's assignment in the flesh. Not designed. You were not designed. You were not designed. So so faith, faith is not about me. It's all about him. You were not designed to do what God called you to do with your power, with your ability, with your strength. As a matter of fact, God calls you to do things that you can't do. God calls you to fund projects you don't have the money for. God calls you to walk into rooms that you're not qualified for. God tells you to go in there and nobody looks like you. God, God, God tells you that I'm giving you this job and you don't qualify nowhere on the resume. And, and you walk in and, and then God, watch this, you don't have the education, you don't have the experience, you don't have the background, you don't have none of that. And, and when you start, and then all of a sudden, all the people with the education and the experience and the background, they're coming to you. Can you explain this to me? And you're saying stuff and you're like, my God is good. (laughs) You explaining stuff, they leave your office, you close the door, you give God a praise. Isabella said it. I'm a Dominican kid from Brooklyn. All these people with PhDs coming to me. How does this work? How does that work? I'm explaining stuff. I'm like, man, God, you bad. You just a bad dude. You bad. You know what I'm saying? 
That's the grace of God. When you take on no pressure to perform, when you just say, forget it. Well, everything I am, everything I'm not, it all belongs to you. I'm down for whatever. Whatever you want, I'm down for it. If you want me to go, I'll go. If you want me to do, I'll do. If you want me to say, I'll say. That's faith. And that's faith that is tapping into the grace of God. This is what the Apostle Paul said. I'll close with this. The Apostle Paul, we quote Philippians 4 and 13 all the time, but sometimes I think we misquote it. We don't really understand what he was saying. What he was saying was this. Hey, guys, let me tell you all something. I do ministry. God has called me to do ministry in the face of tremendous opposition. As a matter of fact, the day that I was born again, the day that I gave my life to Christ, God sent, God has a sense of humor. He sent me over to Straight Street to get straight, and then he sent somebody. He sent somebody to talk to me, and that God told me all the things that I was going to have to suffer for the gospel's sake. But I'm down for whatever, God. And I spent three years by myself, dying to myself. I spent three years, I had to disconnect myself from all of my associations. I was connected to these people. I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I was part of the Sanhedrin. I was I studied under Gamaliel. And I've caught, I count all those things but dung. I gave everything up for Jesus. And now I'm out here and I'm doing what God called me to do. And watch this. There's been times, Pastor Cook, that I had I've had plenty, but there's there've been times where I didn't have enough, and, and so there was there was this church over there, uh, and they sold into my ministry, and they partnered with me, and so my prayer is that my God shall supply all their need. But but here's a secret through it all: when in times of prosperity, in times of poverty, throughout it all, I learned a secret. What's the secret, Paul? It's not about me. It's all about Him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because it's not about me. When I'm doing the will of God, God has to supply. Where he feeds, he, where he leads, he feeds. Where he guides, he provides. If it's his vision, the provision is already there. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. I've told you about God's will, God's bill before. We have, uh, we have Right now, uh, now we got a new teacher. So we have 15 staff members in the Dominican Republic. And we have 172 Haitian children right now that we give a hot meal to every day, plus all the staff members. Plus we're building the church. We built the school debt-free. We're building the church debt-free. Uh, uh, and then, and, and we had to build in the middle of a pandemic. And you know, everything, the uh, prices of everything was doubling and tripling and all of that. And every time they called me and every time they told me, here's the bill for this month, here's the bill for this month, I would take the bill and just like slide it right on over here. <laughs> Let me just slide it all over here. It's, it's God's will, therefore it's God's bill. I take on no pressure to perform. If, if the assignment came from God, the provision is already there. If I invite you to eat and you come out with me and it's my will that we go eat, when the bill comes, it's my bill. When you're doing what God called you to do, I'm telling you, I'm not, look, this is how I live, y'all. I'm not, I'm not telling you something I read. The only way we can do what we're called to do, Isabella's running a successful, Isabella grew up with no running water, no electricity. I grew up with, on welfare, food stamps, government cheese. I, I hated buying food with food stamps. That really bothered me. I grew up in East New York, Brooklyn. I, I'm the first of my family born in the United States. Sometimes we look at each other and say, this is crazy. But you know what it is? It's the grace of God. It's just the grace of God. So if you want to live by faith, you got to understand that everything God does for us, he does it by grace. Everything that we do in response to God's grace, we're supposed to do it by faith. So yes, faith is required. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
So faith is required, but watch this, that where there is no grace, there can be no faith. I'm going to stop right there and pick it up from there tomorrow, all right? Let's stand all over the room, give God some praise.